Hello, my name is Larry Lannon, the writer behind the local Fishers Indiana news blog, LarryInFishers.com. I started the blog in January of 2012, and it is still going. Four years after that, in 2016, I started the LarryInFishers.com podcast series featuring guests of local interest. That podcast is still going strong. Now, if you like the podcast and are listening on a platform such as iTunes, I'll just take a moment, rate and comment on my podcast series. It's time now for the latest LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm at Fishers High School, and I'm here with members of the Future Black Leader Club. They presented recently at a Hamilton Southeastern School Board meeting, and it's my honor to uh, have them on the podcast. I have Catrell Reedus, Bailey Liner, I hope I got that right, uh, Bailey Liner, and Myla Cantrell. So all three of you, thank you very much uh, for taking time out of your day. You have your busy students, and you've uh, been willing to give me a little of your time, and I do very much appreciate that. Uh, on, I want to start this off with uh, what happened on February 3rd. It's, it was the 5th Annual Black Student Leadership Summit, and that took place on the campus of Butler University. It was organized by your club, the Future Black Leaders from Fishers High School, where we are right now. Uh, I would like to, for you to talk about what happened at that event. Um, I'm going to ask uh, Cottrell to start this off. Tell me what happened and uh, what you walked away from after that event. Um, The goal of the summit this year was to provide students with a conference-style experience that really highlighted leadership, but also discovering ourselves personally. Um, Our theme this year was more um, and being committed to that, um, committed to more personal growth, more personal experience, um, and more knowledge. Um, So we provided students that came there was about 350 students there with um, two different classroom opportunities. Um, there were six individual classes, but students picked the two that interested them most. Um, and with that, we had instructors come in and speak about different things. So um, one of them was navigating adversity, um, personal branding and marketing. Um, admissions and financial aid for colleges and things like that. Um, The marathon continues, which focused on equipping students with the knowledge to be activists within their schools and communities and um, using your voice, which um, kind of encouraged students to take their personal stories and really put that into something that can benefit them. Yeah, Bailey, uh, you want to add anything to that? Um, Yeah, I think that was well said. I think it was mostly just kind of um, like Katrell said at conference where black students who are in predominantly white schools can come together and see that they can do more and they can um, interact and connect with students who are just like them in a setting just like they're in and they can see how um, they can grow and become someone that does more for the community. Yeah, and Myla, I assume you were there as well? Yes. What did you take away from that event? Um, one of the big things for me was kind of, it was kind of, the event kind of put into perspective for me the fact that 
our experience at Fisher's High School, like, is pretty universal around, like, like predominantly white schools because there was one room that we were in. Um, we were in a room with, like, two, uh, like two um, students at Butler, um, and they were, they were both black students that went to Butler, and we ended up, like, talk, having, like, discussions about the things that were happening in our respective schools because in the room, like, there were a bunch of different people from a bunch of different schools. And um, one of the individuals in that room, they were from HSE, and um, the things that they were talking about that were, like, going on in that school was, like... It's the fact that, like, the school is, like, fairly close, but, like, the th- I don't remember, like, exactly, but a lot of the things that he was talking about were very intriguing to me. So I, I guess in a way it was kind of like, I guess just hearing, like, the ex- like different, like, experiences of different people at different schools was very, I guess it was very nice to. So were those experiences like what you experienced or were they different from what you had experienced yourself here at Fishers? Um, I mean, me personally, um, I mean, from my perspective, I haven't, like, this is just my opinion, I haven't really encountered any, like, like, racial discrimination or like racist attitudes things like that but that's just from my perspective but I know from like especially in this club and just listening to the people around me that's a very prevalent thing and I felt that 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 experience was also confirmed for me like with that student and what he was saying so, yeah. Oh, well, very good. Thank you. I mean, the reason I asked that question is because I think we all are products of our own experience, and yeah. uh, everybody has a different experience. So I think what I'm hearing from you is going to that Butler University event uh, on February 3rd allowed you to hear other stories and understand what others are going through. Yes. I think it's hard for people who go to, or white people who go to a predominantly white school to understand. I guess if, mm-hmm. if, if, if I had gone to a historically black college, you know, I would have experienced something like that. And there are white people that do go to ex- historically black colleges. So you, would, you, you will experience something that it's hard to understand. And so I think that's interesting that you took away from that event. I want to zero in on something that, uh, that, that, you, that you just mentioned and ask all of you to, uh, to, to comment on this because uh, – it is hard to understand, I think, what it's like to be in a, a predominantly white school and, and be an African-American student. So I'm going to ask, uh, ask Cottrell to start the discussion. Is there something you think the entire community needs to know about what, what you uh, need to go through and understand to be a – because when I moved to Fishers in 1991, I mean, it was a, not a very diverse place at all. Now it is a much more diverse place, which is a good thing in my view for this community. But what are the challenges you see as a, as a student at Fishers High School or, or would be HSE from stories you hear? What is it like to be uh, in a minority in a student where it's a predominantly white school? Um, I think something that I've encountered the most is being underestimated or people believing that I can't achieve to the caliber of the students around me. Um, 
And thankfully, with the help of FBL and our sponsor and some of my other teachers, I've been able to kind of counteract that through actions taken through those avenues. But I think for a lot of students, that's not possible. Um, we have a small percentage of black students in the district. And though that number is small, not all of us have the opportunities that I have. Not all of us have the opportunities to lead events like I do or participate in the events like I do. Um, but that under that underestimation, that is the that's the biggest thing for me. Let me ask uh, Bailey to weigh in on that, please. Um, I definitely agree with what Katral said. I think for me specifically, I come across a lot of microaggressions. Um, and I know that doesn't seem like much, but they definitely build on each other. And with microaggressions, it's a little harder to say something or express like, hey, that's not a good thing to say, like that's not a right thing to say. And when somebody um, presents you with a microaggression, it's kind of like, like, what do I do? Because they might not even realize that they did it. And it might have taken me a while to realize that they did it. Like, I go along with my day, and I'm like, oh, wait, that was kind of racist what they just said to me. But neither of us realized it until later. And it just kind of goes, like, unspoken for. And those things build because um, that person might realize, like, oh, I just said something that was, like, racist, but they didn't say anything, so it must be fine. You know, and I think that's kind of the train of thought that a lot of, um, like, faculty members, um, I hate to say it, but in predominantly white schools have is, well, nobody said anything, so it must not be bad. And no, the, the school board had quite a discussion mm -hmm. about the policy on microaggression, and what a lot of what you just said, Bailey, was a part of that discussion. You know, and, and the school administrators were saying, you know, when something like this happens, it's not a matter of punishing somebody. It's a matter of trying to educate that you yeah. probably said something you didn't understand was hurtful yeah. to somebody else and maybe make it a more learning experience. Do you have anything you'd like to add? Um, yeah, sort of. Um, about, like, um, like, the idea of, like, educating, so, like, more focusing on, like, the educating part instead of, like, the punishment part. Um, one of the big things that um, I constantly think about is, like, who who should be responsible for, like, educating, like, maybe um, white students who maybe didn't grow up around, like, people of color or, like, black people. Like, who should be responsible and to what extent, like, are we responsible for teaching them, like, as students? Because a lot of times it feels like the it kind of just goes to us. Like, we're just kind of expected to, like, I kinda really don't have the time to, like, sit down and, ex like, explain, like, years of, like, history for someone to understand why one word, they shouldn't be saying one word. Just hundreds of years of history and, like, discrimination and all these injustices over and over again. Like, I really don't have time to sit and explain to someone all of that just to get to the root of the one thing that they did wrong, but they might not have known what that was wrong. I want to turn to what's part of, of the name of your club, uh, the Black, the Future Black Leaders Club, and, and the, so, the, so leadership is absolutely a part of your name. Uh, with the word leaders as part of the name of your club, um, 
I w- I'm really curious about each of you. How do you each look at, define, envision leadership? I'm going to ask you to start. Um, to me, a leader is a guide, right? Like, it's not... I won't take it upon myself to give specific instructions with step-by-step things to other people who are they're capable of that they're competent enough to to handle the task in front of them and for me leadership is more of a I listen I give advice and I allow you to come to your own conclusion based on the advice that I provide to you Um, and that is the strategy that I take here in FBL It's the strategy that I take in other avenues of my life as well. Um, My job is to provide those that I'm leading with a sounding board for ideas, like um, if they're stuck, if they have a problem, of course I want to help them solve that. But I feel like an issue in leadership a lot of the time is that underestimation and that undermining that I was talking about, and I don't want to further that. I want to be a person that um, that other individuals can come to and feel as though they still leave with the same level of dignity they walked in with. Um, yeah, it's, I won't take I won't take on the role of a leader in the way that um, forces you to do something or dictates what you do. Um, that's just not my personal philosophy. You know, I've seen leadership a lot. I've I've been a rank-and-file employee. I've been a manager three times in my life. I've been a union official. So I've always found that leadership is is not so much what you think of yourself as what other people think of you. Uh, Tell me, when you think of learning the leadership qualities, what that means to you. Um, I see a leader as somebody who doesn't need to look to someone else to know what to do. Like if they see a situation happening, they can take charge in a respectful manner that shows like, like, hey, this is what we should be doing. And I think in terms of like learning leadership, like in FBL, there's a lot of components that go into it. Like um, Katrell said, listening, um, giving advice, um, sort of, and just, making your own decisions that will better yourself and better those around you as well. Because I think leadership, uh, I've seen many cases where people assume leadership positions, but really leadership is not so much the position you're appointed to or being a leader of a group. It's what the people who are with you or who are looking to you for leadership, what they think. So tell me more about your view on on being a leader. Um. For me personally, just like over the years, like what like teachers have told me and other people have told me, uh, I feel like a lot of leadership could be is could be like unconscious things that you don't normally think about. Say like, oh, you always show up on time, or you always give your best effort, or you're you're always like when you're asked to do something, you do it, like always, and it's. Like, people are always watching you. That's something that I had to learn is, like, a lot of times I think that just, like, oh, they don't care. Like, they don't see me. I'm just, I just walk in. I The class, I do what I need to do when I leave. And then later on I get emails saying, oh, you're such a pleasure to have in class. I'm glad, I like, things like that. And, it's, and that's happened a lot with, like, 
even back in middle school, like other um, my peers telling me that like, oh, you always seem to like know what you want to do or like where you want to go and you seem very secure in yourself. So I think a lot of the unconscious like choices that we make, people see that and they admire that and then that makes them want to better themselves as well. We are recording this podcast on February 16th, the day after the Black Heritage Celebration. And I was very saddened by the fact that I couldn't go because I'd been to this event before and I absolutely loved it. Just the, for nothing else, the music was always great, but everything about it I, I enjoyed very much. So I'm going to ask, Amila, you were co-chair of that uh, celebration. So I'm going to ask you to start. Uh, talk about uh, how it went and uh, talk about the crowd. Um, overall, I think it was, I think it was pretty successful. Um, we had, like, there were some issues in, like, the performance half, but, I mean, we ended up, like, ended up, um, ending, like, a lot later than we planned, but we still managed to, like, keep it going, and it it all turned out, it all turned out fine in the end. Well, when you have an event like that, if yeah. something always goes wrong. Yeah. But the fact that you're saying overall it did go well in your view. Yeah. Surprisingly, since um, we did a lot of things last minute, like especially with like the like the second performance half, like the scripting and stuff, and pride, like a lot of things were last minute. So it took a lot of I'm. I feel like we did a pretty good job of like staying focused and motivated to make sure the night was a success just the whole club in general i assume both of you were there Uh, your thoughts about the event um i had a special view of the event um because i got to be a performer again this year um and that opportunity allows me to see the crowd and see just the community from a different lens um not only do I see them when I'm on stage, right, I see them after, and I see them navigate with us as organizers of the event through the struggles that we do um, inevitably run into throughout the night. Um, but I think this event and the whatever issues that we run into any year, we've been doing this for 15 years now, um, there's inevitably a struggle but I think what we as a community as far as FBL but we as a black community in Fishers do well is there's a level of resilience to us that allows us to adapt to whatever issue arises um um even myself right I performed I messed up in my performance right and um the community had nothing but good things to say to me. They um, they encouraged me to keep going from the audience while I was on stage. And after we leave, um, they still came up to me, shook my hand, told me good job, regardless of the mistake that I made. And again, I think that's um, I think that's an attitude that can be well attributed to the black community. Um, we've handled our share of adversity and more, right? And we handle that with a level of grace that I think, again, to use my word again, is underestimated. 
Very, very good. Very interesting comments there. But I'll tell you one thing. You probably will remember that mistake more than the people in the audience will. And that's true whatever group you're in front of. That's been my experience, particularly if you have a group that has a lot in common with you. Your thoughts on uh, on the uh, event the uh, that happened on the 15th? Um, I was mostly running around and setting <laughs> things up. But um, for the few seconds that I did kind of like step aside to see like how it was going, um, it looked really great. I think the community um, showed up and they had a lot of fun. Um, all the activities seemed great and the vendors and the tables, um, the sororities and fraternities, I think it was great to see them for another year and the public to be there and experience that for another year um, of 15. And um, the performances in the auditorium, those were really great, too. I had a lot of fun. Um, I sang the Black National Anthem. Didn't go as I wanted it to, but, I mean, like Cottrell said with her poem, she messed up. I barely noticed. We messed up. The audience cheered us on, and we continued, and people just came up and said, good job, because, I mean, that's that's how it is. They know how, like, nerve-wracking it is to kind of get up there and pour your heart and soul out into something. So I would say that the event went really well, and I'm, I'm happy with the outcome. I want to go from that event to another one, which has now been put on the calendar in the last few years. It's been around for a long time, but it's now a federal holiday. That would be Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. I went to the Juneteenth celebration that Fisher's had uh, last year, uh, and I know that there are plans to make it a bigger one and that you're organization is going to be a part of that um let me just ask what your what your club may be planning special uh, to be a part of juneteenth and 23 uh-huh. does anybody know any, i mean I, I don't want to ask you if you don't know but if you did bring I mean, it so it was brought up at the uh, school board meeting so does anybody have anything they would like to say about possibly being involved in or just to something about juneteenth in general um i can give you a little bit of information so our goal this year is to of course expand do more like the summit you know that's our theme for the year almost as a club and as an organization to grow ourselves and to better ourselves and um yeah so this is a summer event juneteenth obviously um and so right now our main goal is to organize a group of students that are not only available during the summer but willing to attribute that time and we're also communicating with fishers and their departments to make sure that we have not only the space, because yes, that's there, but the, um, the community response, the community engagement, and the recognition of our group that we're looking for. And yeah. Because I found the Juneteenth in 1920, mm-hmm. or 1922, in 2022 was a very diverse group. And, and so you have some thoughts on Juneteenth? Um, Yeah, I don't have any information. I'm not on that committee, but um, I have gone the last two years. Um, It's always been super fun. The community definitely shows up for that one. And I really like how it's just, it's open to the public, kind of like the heritage celebration. Um, But I feel like it's even more public, if that makes any sense, because it's in like a park, kind of. So people are walking, enjoying the summer, and they're like, oh, there's something happening. And I think it's really cool just to see all kinds of people there to enjoy the music and celebrate a holiday that, you know, it's surrounded by kind of a sensitive topic a little bit. But I I think 
having that celebration is very comforting as a black person. I assume all three of you have college plans of some sort. We, uh, maybe not where you're going to college, but you at least are looking at that. I have a question uh, related to that, although you may not know where you'll be landing. Um, how do you think these leadership skills you're learning in this club will translate into your university experience? Um, I think that the skills that we're learning now can could help a lot with like setting boundaries. Because I know um, when you're transitioning from like high school into college, you gain a significant amount of independence. And a lot of times like you can't rely on your parents as much because a lot of times you're not with them um, as much. And because of that, um, you're kind of on your own a lot of the time to make certain decisions. And in college, there comes a lot of peer pressure because like you're a fresh, like you're a new adult. And there are a lot of like different things that you may feel that you have to do, because uh, again, there's in my opinion, there's like this culture of like uh, the, the the college experience, or it's like if your college experience isn't like this, then you didn't really live. And it's kind of like with these, if that continues over, I feel like it would be a lot easier to navigate that. Very good. Your thoughts. Um. This leadership experience here and in other avenues that I've experienced, specifically, um, I'm a reporter for our newspaper here. I'm the opinion editor. Um, that leadership experience combined with this FBL leadership experience has forced me out of my shell a little bit. Um, I came in when I was a freshman, shy. You would not catch me speaking to anybody. Um, I started communicating with my club members, communicating with club sponsors, and ultimately running events, right? And so that ability to use my voice in an effective way to engage in effective communication with people is something that I'm excited to continue over into college, especially planning to go into journalism, right, as a storyteller. That communication is a key element, and I'm so thankful that I got to build that here rather than getting into my college courses and being afraid. It's good to see somebody wanting to get into journalism. I mean, the, the, because uh, the business model for that is a little up in the air. And I know a lot of good journalists uh, who are having trouble finding work and keeping work, but there are, there's, this, there's some new things happening there. So it's good to see you going into journalism. And if you want to find out what other people think be an opinion editor you get exposed to all sorts of things that may not be in line with what you think your thoughts of, uh, about leadership uh, what you're learning here going into college um so for me i'm a very lazy person so um going into college and like in school specifically being a leader in fbl literally forced me to take initiative and get up and like oh I have to write this email like I can't put this off because if I don't write it now I can't write it later because then this this opportunity this sponsorship could go away and I think taking that into college is going to be very important and very helpful um, and it's a good thing that I was um, like I said forced to kind of like learn that and taking advantage of that in college will be very helpful for me to like getting my work done, assignments done, like turning things in on time. 
Well, I could talk a lot longer. I have more questions, but I know you have another meeting to attend, so I don't want to keep you. But I want to thank uh, Cottrell Reedus, Bailey Liner, and Myla Cantrell. It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much uh, for spending some time with me today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. If you'd like to comment on my blog, please do so with any suggestions. In the meantime, please be safe and be kind.